ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 101, Casey Brown. In this episode, we share a recent conversation with business strategist and innovator, Casey Brown. She predicts trends and seizes opportunity. Casey is really hard to put inside of a box. She's creative and impactful and disruptive, and she's also really, really fun. I think you'll get a taste of her in this conversation. So following over a decade in the film industry, Casey's unique blend of talent and expertise sit at the cross-section of tech, pop culture, social good, and entertainment. She's unlike anyone I've ever met. She has deep knowledge and expertise within these industries, and that's allowed her to strategically make connections and partner with a bunch of different global brands and influencers and nonprofits and the media. She's worked with everyone from Uber to the NFL, from Bird Scooters to Gift, which is a recently launched pregnancy startup that she's going to share more about in the episode. In this conversation, we get a sneak peek into Casey's mindset, and she shares some invaluable advice for all of us in the process. I think you're going to love this episode. And without further ado, here is Casey. So welcome, Casey, to the podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. We only met last weekend, but often... I know, right? It seems like a year ago. Yeah, it feels like like forever. So often this happens when we meet someone who just really stands out to us. We Our first instinct now that we're podcasters is to invite them on the podcast. So you are the beneficiary of this practice. (laughs) Thank you. I think it was my hats. That yes, actually, I was just going to say, Casey, it's all because of the hat. Because like, we just walked up to you and like, I love your style. I love your vibe. I love your trucker like, hat. Whatever you got going on. You're so complimentary. <laughs> and I felt like I had to step up my game. I was like, oh my gosh. I Every day you had a new hat on. I did. Fedoras, everything. It was great. I did. I great. know. I travel with a hat box and everybody looks at me in the airport like I'm nuts. Like, <laughs> Do you really? Do you really have like a hat box? I know. I truly do. Like I have a hat box. Yeah. This is the place that I go. Gorin hats. Oh, they yeah. are just phenomenal. They're my favorite. And yeah, they sell hat boxes. And because I travel so much, I didn't want, you know, these are very expensive hats that I've got to get ruined. So I started traveling with a hat box. So yeah. Oh my God. You're like the only person I know that has That's a hat so, box. Like 1940s. It's amazing. I know, right? Yeah. My look is unique enough to begin with. We'll just quote, quote, <laughs> just quote, add a hat, hat uh, box. quote unquote, unique. <laughs> and uh, yeah, add a hat box and uh, yeah, definitely get some interesting stairs. Well, after we left you, 
we were traveling around uh, Malibu and all we did was look at hats because of you. So everywhere we went, we were like checking out hats. So <laughs> you're like, we're in no the gas purchases. station. We're just going to look at everything. We're gonna look at hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. All right. So Casey, we met you at the She Recovers conference Mm -hmm. and it was a really powerful weekend that we all spent together. And I think it might be helpful just to share with our listeners what your relationship is to that movement and that organization that Taryn and Dawn have been building. I've been in recovery, but I was in in recovery for almost eight months and then I had a little setback. But I had met Dawn and Taryn actually through LinkedIn. I was in a sober living facility and I was actually sharing in a meeting and my pocket buzzed. It was my email through LinkedIn. And as I was sharing on my last night before I was leaving, it was an email from Dawn through LinkedIn asking me, you know, to have a phone call. And nothing on my LinkedIn would indicate that. I was in recovery. I mean, why would you put that on LinkedIn unless you're actually in the field? <laughs> right. They were looking for somebody to do strategic partnerships in Los Angeles. And so, you know, if, if there's no bigger sign from the universe than that, I was like, that's some God stuff right there, whoever your God is. And so we had, a, you know, they were just um, very complimentary. They were interested in, you know, some of my, you know, p- backstory and how I got to do what I do. And we just hit it off. And what was crazy is they were actually coming to LA, I think it was like two weeks later to scout the Beverly Hilton. And we had the opportunity to meet in person. And it was just, you know, you know, love at first sight. We, I met with the entire team and we just hit it off. So I ended up putting together some, a few partnerships for them, one with the Giving Keys and just sort of connecting them with different people in LA leading up to the event itself. And then from there at the event, I was just kind of like there to be on hand to help with any sort of production or any sort of facilitating, you know, that they need. Take pictures of people dancing at the silent disco, that kind of stuff. That silent disco was crazy. Yeah. So I was really just there like as support once the actual event happened. They did such a beautiful job. It was completely seamless. I mean, I have been to a lot of events in my life, but more than that, like more conferences and you know, ways to, you seek to be inspired, right? And uh, I know that I have never been to something more powerful in my entire life. And I, I mean, I, to this day, like right now, I can say that and still feel pretty, I'm just still blown away by how powerful that experience was. They're an incredible group of women. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if you're going to highlight, you know, who they are, but they're the largest global women's organization around recovery. And, they were organically grown through Taryn and Dawn as a mother-daughter duo, both in recovery. They started out with this Facebook page and they grew it. They did not hire anybody to do it. And it's, I believe it almost 400,000 women. And that's just on Facebook. And there's just such a powerful community there of people that it is the definition of a tribe and support for sure. In the truest form. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we walked away from Don and Taryn's event with the same feeling of just awe for who they are and what they've done and how they could have put something together so beautifully at the Beverly Hilton. Yeah. And um, Don, sorry, Taryn is using our Navistream software to do her monthly yoga. She's so so we had a lot of, she's yeah, she's powerful. amazing yeah, teacher. Like, and so she's just like a, you know, she's kind of like a Buddha meets a Sprite meets a, like a, <laughs> a bride. Like she's just yeah. all these little things in a blender. 
<laughs> it's so true. And we're going to, we love them and what they're doing. And we're going to, we have invited them to come on the podcast. So we'll be doing a whole Fantastic. episode with they're those two so because great. they're, the story's amazing. But we want to hear about you, Casey. Can you tell us what you are doing now? I'm working on a few projects, actually. I have had a consulting business for the last eight years. Prior to that, I was in entertainment and we can get to that later. But currently, I'm actually working on a product called Gift, G-Y-F-T, Gift Baby. And it's a modern day pregnancy companion. Um, It's 36 weeks of biohacked prenatal vitamins. It's a wearable. And it's also an app that's optimized to every stage of a woman's pregnancy. It has a lot of interesting features. They have uh, voice activated food blogging. It tracks your hydration, your nutrition. It actually, you can uh, track moments. So if you're listening to Jennifer Lopez, we're just going to use that. And the baby's kicking and then responding. Then you kind of like you press the button and it tracks it, it timestamps it, puts a date and um, you can go back and then say, you know, I was listening to Jennifer Lopez. It's this basically, you know, timeline of what happened. And then what we're doing, I probably shouldn't be saying this on the podcast. We're not supposed to be marketing, but anyway, at the end of the journey and at the end of your pregnancy, we are sending each mother a book basically of all of her moments that she had throughout the pregnancy. And it, and what's great is that, you know, if you, like if, when you were pregnant with your son and the baby, if he may have been out of town or at work or something and the baby's kicking or the baby's doing something for the first time while you're pregnant and to share that, right. It's, it's hard when the person is not there, but now with this, like you can actually timestamp it and you actually can share it. You know, you can send it to their phone or you can send it to social media and share it with your family and friends and let them know like when something happened and maybe why, I mean, you know, Maybe you had gas, but maybe it was Jennifer Lopez. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So is that with the company, I think, STIR, S-T-Y-R? S-T-Y-R, yeah. And then I have another company that I'm working with that is a a retro gaming console that we just just launched the pre-sales about 12 days ago, and it's called Polymega. A retro gaming console. Mm Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to play all your favorite Pac-Man? games. Pac-Man? Pac-Man. Um, yes, Frogger, Paperboy, discs, cartridges. So if any like game collectors, there's modules that you can take out. I'll send you the link. It's the first of its kind. It's never been done. We launched pre-sales, I believe it was 11 days ago, and we're probably at almost a half a million dollars in pre-sales. Pretty spectacular. Um, and then we're launching like full-blown product, uh, not pre-sales, probably in the next two months, but you'll be able to order it online anytime. Okay. So I have a, a son that's a, a gamer, <laughs> big Fortnite guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's, yeah. but I'm like Pac-Man oh, Frogger days, oh, that was me. right? Yeah. So, so this console, is it like a self-sufficient unit or does it plug into my son's PS4? No, no, no. It's a comp- It's separate. And it's beautiful. A friend of mine, Brian Bernal, who was actually the first person, he was my first boss uh, when I left the movie industry and went into the gaming industry. And uh, he's just been, you know, we've just stayed friends and he's been a big supporter and fan of mine for a long time. And we worked together at a mobile-based gaming company that we made, you know, very successful in this time. And he and I continue to stay in touch. Uh, About four years ago, he hired me to do a project that he was doing at an ad agency around influencers. And he told me that he he had been working on this product, well, his whole life, really, essentially. He's a retro gaming, like, freak. This is his concept, his baby. He's the founder and he has been uh, yeah, building it for years. So he, this was probably three years ago. And he said, you know, when, I'm, when we, we launched this, I would really like you to you know, work on the project. And so just a few months ago, it got to the point where it was time for me to come on and start looking at the marketing and the partnerships and 
uh, how we can angle this. Yeah, basically with the press. That's very cool. So, so that that's my next question. So, what is it that you actually do for these two companies? So, it's it's the marketing side of things. Well, you know, it's kind of di- it depends on the company, right? So, each company has a product, and it, it, there's two completely different verticals, right? And so, as I'm the only, uh, I actually have a formal role with Gift Baby. Um, I'm the VP of Business Development there, and I worked with Sergio Radicek, the founder, several years ago on a different project, and he actually found me on LinkedIn and um, to tell me about this project. And I ended up um, taking a formal role with them two months ago uh, because I really believe in the product, but I'm the only female executive on the team. So it's all men and then a lesbian who I don't have any plans to birth a baby delivering this pro- product to market. <laughs> it's been an interesting road and a humorous road, but these are guys that truly believe in what they're doing in this mission to make better babies. That's the tagline for the company, make better babies. And they've got something really special. Okay. So can I just interrupt here? I, we have to go back yeah. to the fact that there <laughs> yeah, are women. Yeah. So you're the only woman working I'm on... Only the, I'm the only female executive. There are other yeah, women yeah. in the company for sure, but yeah. I'm the only female executive. So, And what I do for them is strategic partnerships and, and um, business development. So right now, for instance, so it's the product is its own vertical. It has never been done. One of the things that I identified when I saw this product was that it sits right into, we're talking about um, maternal and paternal family leave and benefits, right? A corporation. So when I saw the product and how we carve this, it's great if we sell it online. And that is great. I, I do want to make better babies. I think that that's fantastic. But in terms of impact, when we go into like a corporate structure, the way that I'm looking at this product now and tackling it is um, looking at companies like Patagonia, Spotify, Salesforce, all that have progressive family benefits and actually talking to them about taking this product in and making it part of their benefits package offering so that because what happens is when a woman gets pregnant and I, I'm, I'm talking like I, I know like I've had a baby and I don't, my understanding, you know, a lot of women get pregnant while they're at work and then they stay till, you know, right up until they're about to give birth. And then, you know, for a lot of companies, they have this short period of time that you have leave. Well, the idea being that if part of your benefits package, if you as an employee at Patagonia gets pregnant, and this is part of your offering that you just get when you get pregnant, you say, hey, this is this is happening. They actually give you this. So you have the bio, you know, incredible biohack prenatal vitamins and you know, the ability to track your hydration, your nutrition. And within the app, there's fitness tips that are optimized by our Nike master trainer. And I have Lori, uh, Lori Bregman, who's a friend of mine who is celebrity doula. She's delivered everybody's babies. And we codified her to make her the world's first digital doula for mindfulness. The idea being that if you have an employee who gets pregnant and you work to keep them healthy while they are pregnant and working at your company, and then give them a generous parental leave, they come back healthier and happier, you know, the idea. And uh, so that's the plan with that. If, you know, Patagonia brings us on, if they take in, I guess, if they take an order for, let's just say 20, right? Because not everybody's getting pregnant at once. We will underwrite basically a mother's room for every single company. 
that uh, we partner with that makes us part of the benefit. What does that mean under right a mother's room? So we will pay for a corporation or a company to actually put a mother's room for like nursing and. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Once they come back from their parental leave. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that we're actually putting in motion right now. We are that we're in the middle of um, kind of carving out what that looks like and starting to make those deals. And uh, that's been really exciting because not only are people healthier and happier when they're at work and they're not hiding in a bathroom stall trying to pump, right? They've got a special place that they can go that, you know, set aside for them. But also, too, just being another stepping stone to changing um, health and benefits care for working moms. Mm -hmm. No, that's really important work. I would say that part of the reason we wanted you to be on the podcast is because the work that you do is involving thinking big and being ambitious and also working at the intersection of technology and sort of wellness. I think that that's where a lot of our clients are finding themselves from working through our platform. But I I think that we often don't think big enough about what's possible in terms of our own abilities and our and our own ability with our work. And so I wonder, Casey, if you have any special sauce, like wh- what is it that allows you to think so big and to like how ha- you're obviously very much in demand. First of all, congratulations on people scouting you out on LinkedIn all of the time. <laughs> I think that's kind of like, well, I don't know about all the, all the time we had a, we had a work history, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, obviously you have a lot of experience and I think you have a lot of experience with working at a really high level and being and finding success. And I just wonder what advice you have for someone who is just really starting to think big. Like what should they read? What should they listen to? What mindset shift can you recommend that someone would take to start? Because you're talking about like changing parental and right. like family policy in these big corporations. And I think that that's at sort of a bigger level than a lot of us allow ourselves to think at. I guess... I don't know if it was bad parental skills on my parents' part. <laughs> I had no, I'm kidding. That they were like, <laughs> just never like gave me any boundaries. I don't know. I'm kidding. It really, you know, I think my dad is a pretty big thinker and he uh, is a self-taught, both my parents are, or my dad is an aerospace engineer. He didn't go to college and he basically taught himself his skill. And he went to work at a national defense company. My mom was at Hughes Helicopters and he, was the primary engineer and the lead engineer on the rocket motor that is on the F-16 and F-17. And he's a genius and has built his own airplanes and just, he's phenomenal. I got none of the that, no math skills whatsoever. I should still have a math tutor. But, you know, I, uh, when I was in college and getting my degree in theater and I, you know, I had this dream of uh, going to movies, but I was growing up in Arizona and I didn't know, like, how does a kid from Arizona get there if they don't have any connections? And I had no real plan either. You know, it was just in the moment. And I had a significant experience where Jerry Maguire came to town and I was able to be a local PA for two weeks. And uh, I fell in love with it. And I just like, so in love with it. And they said to me, which was, you know, just crazy. If you can get yourself to LA and put yourself up, you can keep your job. And of course, I went home and I was like, dropping out of college. And I did. You know, I mean, of course they wanted me to finish college, but they were supportive and they gave me a car, a cell phone and a gun, not legal in California. They gave me a Honda Del Sol and Nokia flip phone and a 22 and sent me to LA. And I called my mom from the payphone on Hollywood Boulevard oh my God. in Highland across from the Wax Museum. And I was like, I made it. 
And she was like, just don't go to Inglewood or something. She was like, sure that I, I was like, mom, it's so far away. I mean, now, right. I was like, I'm not going to get shot. It's fine. And anyway, I learned that guns are not legal in California um, as they are in Arizona. That's a whole other story. But, you know, my parents didn't really put, they always gave me these kind of like this incredible ability to, they always just wanted me to be a nice and good person. That was the religion, right? But they never really told me no. Like they told me no when they should tell me no, but they allowed me to dream big, and it, which was pretty awesome. And when I got to LA, I just had a, a lot of really good luck, but I just tackled what I was doing with pretty fierce tenacity. You know, I just you know, a lot of people just say now the grind and like work your ass off. I just, you know, I showed up every day trying to do the very best job I could. But, you know, at some point with that job, it, after 13 years of working with, you know, in a lot of really incredibly successful people that, you know, people would die to work for, I just wasn't in love with the industry anymore. I wasn't in love with filmmaking anymore. Like I felt like I had my run. The tech industry had started popping, you know, Twitter, MySpace was like, you know, hanging on by a thread and Facebook had come in and Twitter was starting to, you know, get at its really beginning peak. And I was, had had the fortunate experience of with the people that I had worked for literally and figuratively sit at the table with people who now are tech giants, but early in the early stage of their career, when they're growing these companies and um, was asking questions and was just fascinated. And I knew when it was time to leave the entertainment industry because I wasn't in love with it anymore. And what I would, my advice to anybody is if you are, <laughs> if you don't want to get out of bed and go to your job, <laughs> you know, go with your heart. Like it's, it's really hard to take that jump. I think when I left the industry, I was working for a, a very, very well-known actress. And for five years, I was doing a lot with her company and her, and I was starting to get some opportunity in the tech industry and uh, I had passed on a few things that now, like I could own an island, but you know, whatever, I, <laughs> I had to let it go. But I, I just knew that it was time. And I, what I would say is take that leap because the universe is going to catch you, you know, because if you really love what you're doing, if you go after your passion, you're going to be successful, like for sure. And it's like your heart knows about your career as it does about a relationship. You know, when you're in love and you know, when it's time to go. And, you know, the houses of success and failure, they sit right next to each other. They absolutely do. And it's your choice. It's only you, you know, if you keep yourself in some place, you know, then you can't say, oh, well, I wish I was here. Well, and I also know that a lot of people, sometimes they're, they're financially compromised. So they're, they either feel like they can't, or they don't want to leave because, you know, they've got kids and there's a lot of variables. I was fortunate enough to not have kids and be in that situation where, you know, I, it was only me. But what I will say is that being happy with what you're doing, like it, it opens the doors up to so much, so many more possibilities when you are passionate and you are excited and you are um, just thrilled to show up for like what you love to do, no matter what that is. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com.
Your story is so interesting because of the timing of when you got into the tech space. And you told us when we met in person in LA, you were telling us about your important work at the intersection of the music industry and the tech space and really starting to forge those relationships between kind of the Valley and the LA music scene. And I just, I think that for our audience who's listening here, I think, you know, so often we hear stories of sort of procrastination or people really having this dream. They have something important to teach in the world. They have have some message to share. And yet there's this cycle of procrastination or insecurity that holds them back. And it's, it's like sometimes people wait two or three years before taking that leap to just even put themselves out there publicly as an entrepreneur, as a visionary, or as a teacher, really. And I just, I would say that I have this a similar experience to you, my my own history and relationship to politics and the work that I that I did to build my career. And it really involved a leap of faith and sort of that intuitive go for it because you can't imagine your life if you don't take the chance. And I know Sandy shares that same kind of <laughs> that same kind of behavior. Like we have we've done a lot of personality tests and we have these same sort of sorts of traits. And I think that that's what kind of unites everyone who has that entrepreneurial vision is like we're, our willingness to take that chance. And I just if any any of you are listening and you're you know, you you can look in your life and see where you've held yourself back. And we all have in some various capacities. Just start to think, you know, what's like what's the worst thing that happens if you take that leap? Because probably it's not that bad. No, I mean, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So, yeah. you know, if, if you've never tried sushi, how do you know if you like it or not? It's just, you know, it's the same. I mean, that's a crazy reference, right? But like, you know, but I'm saying like, you don't know uh, if you haven't tried something or if you haven't like stepped into it, you just don't know if you're good at it. You don't know what. And the reality is about pretty much, I won't say everything because that's not the truth. A lot of things in life is that if it doesn't work out, you can <laughs> go back. You know, you can, if you move across the country to try a job, if you want to be an actor in LA, or if you want to go to New York and open up, I don't even know, a barbershop in Brooklyn. I don't know where that came from by saying that, but like, you know, whatever it is, you know, then if it doesn't work out, you can always, you can always go back. There's, there's, there's always backwards, but there's not always the opportunity to go forward. When we were in LA, Casey, did you listen to Tara Sophia Moore? I believe that I did. I was kind of running around a lot. So, Okay. Well, she mentioned some work and a book called Mindset. And I was like, I have to get that book. And then at the airport, Jenny and I were leaving to go back to Seattle. And it was sitting all by itself on a shelf again. Right. The gods were acting. So I bought it at like four in the morning. Yeah, it was four and o'clock a light in the was morning at LAX. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. The angels were singing. The heavens opened. I bought the book and I read it on the plane all the way back. And there is this concept of this is exactly what you're saying is that there's a mindset of growth or there's a mindset of like a fixed mindset. And I think there's too many people that sit and want something else, want a different lifestyle, want a different job, want to explore entrepreneurship, but they believe that their ability to to become an entrepreneur or their ability to market or their ability to launch or their ability to film themselves, whatever is fixed and that they don't have it or they're not smart enough or, and this researcher is talking about the growth mindset where we need to believe that we can learn to do things, that there is no ceiling, that 
we have the ability to figure it out. We can do hard things and you just need to take that first step, that first leap, and then figure it out. And there's always this challenge and the challenge is what's exciting. And we are not like special. None of us on this podcast are special or different. We've just chosen to adopt a growth mindset and the the belief that we can do this. And if we don't know how to do it, we'll figure it out. And that can change everything. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, when I was at the end stages of my um, work in the film industry and working for, I was working for Kate Hudson at the time, who's lovely and wonderful, but I just knew I was done. It wasn't the position with her. It was just the industry in and of itself. And like I said, it was just like, I knew when it was time to close the chapter. And as I said earlier, I dropped out of college (laughs) to move to LA. I was 22, one. So that was my whole adult career. So if you're taking this leap of faith, I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Everybody thought I was crazy, you know, because I'm in this high paying job. I'm flying around on private jets. I'm working for famous people. I am crazy, right? My dad has said, you know, maybe you should go back to school. I was like, okay, now that's crazy talk. That is never happening. So, you know, but I did know I wanted to go into the tech industry. And for some reason, I knew that I was going to succeed. I just knew it. And I didn't know what it was going to be yet. I didn't have a job yet. I had some savings. I was um, in the middle of, (laughs) I had left my job. I got rid of my house in Los Angeles, moved full-time up to San Francisco to be married to my ex-wife, was in the middle of planning a massive wedding. And yes, left my job because I knew it was time to take the leap. And it was scary. And I didn't have a plan. And as you know, as a college dropout, like, what am I going to do? I did not have a business development degree. I didn't have a marketing degree. I didn't actually know about any of those things. And so when I went into the the mobile-based gaming company, Booyah, and the reason I they were um, interviewing me was for potential relationships that I had in the music industry. And they said, you know, do you have, you know, the relationship with the music, music industry and with labels? And I did, you know, I realized that I did. Oh, you know, I know Fergie. I know the, you know, the head of Interscope. I know. And it was because of the relationships that I had made, not just through work, but, you know, with my partner at the time. I was hired to license music in a non-traditional way. This was way before Spotify. We were still using CDs. (laughs) And, you know, the music business was worse than it is now. And it was way before Silicon Beach existed. And there was no, what I saw was a window because I saw that Silicon Valley wanted to be involved with Hollywood and the entertainment industry. And the entertainment industry was um, fascinated because of Twitter and MySpace and Facebook with Silicon Valley. And so, but there was no bridge. And so I didn't know this at the time when I was interviewing, but what happened was I became one of the first people to actually merge those worlds. So with this particular game that I was working on, uh, licensing this music, we were bringing in music from various artists and labels. Well, what I recognized was, you know, Interscope, Lady Gaga and Eminem, they're already making money off of them. What I went in with my pitch, which was terrible, by the way, because I didn't have a business development degree and I did not have a marketing degree. The only reason I got in the door was because of, you know, I had met these people and they were taking a chance on me. And so what I would say to any of the listeners is connections are important. Make sure you network, make sure you meet people because you never know what's going to happen. You never know when you're going to change your career and you never know like who you're going to be dealing with. And the reason that I was even able to get a chance was because I had met people and I had been nice to them 
and through another job. But um, I had a few smaller labels that gave me the chance to come in and terribly pitch them. I mean, it was just the most terrible thing, but you believe in yourself. And I went in there and they gave me a chance. And so what I started doing was putting emerging artists into the game first. Um, so, and when I say into the game, we were licensed music to release or put music in a game while you were building a uh, nightclub at the time. So it was like a very, uh, it was from the guys from Blizzard. So it, if you remember Cityville and Farmville, it was like that, but in flash and very sexy and fun. Cause I, all my years in the bar, when I had my drinking career was like, I finally like doing something, but, um, you were building a nightclub and you were able to like select a playlist. And because I was connected to iTunes, we became one of the first iTunes affiliates. And what I found out was there was power in that. And that became my pitch. So when you instinctually know something, when you are opening a business, trying to be an entrepreneur, if you just know in your gut, like, you know, so what I realized is that the emerging artists is what they were looking to actually make money on because that's, they weren't making any money on them. But when you used to uh, release music back in the day, before Spotify and everything else, um, you would release by country, by, you know, and you would have to go all over promoting and it was crazy. It was, you know, basically, it was kind of like having a, I don't even know, like I can't, it was just took forever and it was terribly expensive. Anyway, with this particular feature and becoming an iTunes affiliate and allowing their music to go in. I'm sure everybody thought, I know they thought that I was bootlegging their music on the streets of San Francisco, right? I was just, they were like, what is this? But what happened was becoming an iTunes affiliate, if you were listening to music in the game, you were actually able to buy it. Because it was an integrated game in Facebook, it was available everywhere but China. Everybody's music who got involved was global immediately and available to purchase. So immediately that became the pitch. And so, you know, I think like just for the listeners, identify things that are unique within your industry and your company where you kind of set yourselves apart. There may be products or things that come out that are similar, but if you find that one thing that makes a little bit of a difference in your gut, you know that that's that's the hook, then it probably is. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with this. I think that in the current economy, there's no more go to school and then do this job for the next 50 years. Like that world doesn't exist anymore. And for the last people remaining and holding on to it, like, you know, that's cool, but I, it's, you're on, it's, it's ending. <laughs> it's demise is imminent. And so I think that what you're describing, I've thought about this a lot as well. Sandy and I have conversations that the openings for roles to play in the economy, the openings for entrepreneurial opportunities, all of this is happening where there's a need. And often you can't just even we have so many people who are in wellness who go to yoga teacher training or go through Pilates training or whatever. Chances are you can't do what your teacher did and have the same level of success that they did because the economy is shifting. The ways that we exchange value are shifting. And so I think you're so wise, Casey, to point people in the direction of looking for something new or different and what you offer and also really listening to what the what the market is asking for. So in your case, the music industry is looking for ways to feature up and coming artists and you found a way to offer that to them through through gaming. I mean, I find what isn't there, like see where the yeah. holes are, you know, I mean, yeah. and what I will say to people who are say I don't have a college degree. Well, I don't either. But what I will tell you is the reason that I 
unknowingly and not on purpose became successful at that with that game and then afterwards was because I didn't go to college I had no rules there were no boundaries and because I was pitching these ideas that were pretty wild you know I was going to my bosses at the time and just saying I know instinctually know this is the direction we should head and I did this at least half a dozen times throughout the year that I was with them um, and just said, you know, you can fire me if it's not going to work. They were like, oh, we will fire you. <laughs> I instinctually knew in these specific instances that it was the direction to take, you know, the game or, you know, make the decision that I was making. And what I will say is sometimes like the rules don't always serve you. And in my case, that has happened time and time again. And it's allowed me to think big going back to the, our earlier part of the conversation. Um, so You know, if you haven't finished your degree and you don't feel like you want to, or you feel like, I mean, it doesn't, you know, unless you're a surgeon, there's a couple jobs that you probably needed a degree. So I, you know, flamber there. But like, I think that in terms of get into it, just dive in, you know, because your path is going to be lit up. You're going to know. And that's the best thing I could say. There's so many people I know that go to film school. They spend all of this money going to film school. If you went to film school, I'm not knocking it. I'm sure you're extremely talented, but what I will say is that had my experience, I, I came from Arizona, I had no experience and I ended up on this very fortunate career. Not everybody has that, has that experience, but you know, you don't need film school to make a movie or be on a set and you don't need that tool to be successful. So if that's, what's blocking you go around it, go around it or hurdle over it because Sometimes we make our own hurdles. Absolutely. I love it. I love it all. Casey, your story is so fascinating. There's so many different, I feel like we haven't quite dove into all parts of it, but I think we will wrap it up and we do that with every guest by running you through Proust's questionnaire. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. Okay. What is your idea of perfect happiness? That has changed over the years. Now it's my dog, my partner, and being able to spend time in my home, actually. What is your greatest fear? Fear. Abandonment. Which living person do you most admire? Probably my partner. What is your greatest extravagance? <laughs> oh, sneakers, shoes, and hats. Hats, hats. More than the hats? I was going to say, like, I have to hear about the collection of shoes. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Probably my fear. Where would you most like to live? I'm here. In LA. Who are your favorite writers? I'm reading the Janet Mock book right now. So (laughs) currently Janet Mock. Currently Janet Mock. What is your favorite rock band? I like Journey a lot. (laughs) I love that. And what is your motto? Seize the day. Thank you, Casey. So before we wrap up, we want to ask you for your joy and your hustle. So a recommendation to our audience that can bring them joy and a tool that can help them hustle in their career or business. Move. Exercise. Don't sit. Don't be stagnant. Excellent advice. And what about a tool to help them hustle? An app? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. You are the only one that has ever said that. (laughs) I love it. LinkedIn and social media. Do not discount how important that is. Do you know how? I cannot tell you how many clients and people have found me through those. And honestly, and Facebook is crazy for its politics and everything else. Bless you. But there are opportunities that happen within those within that social atmosphere all the time. LinkedIn is obviously its own thing, but instead of sometimes looking at Facebook for the negativity or the craziness, um, there are opportunities that lie there. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. And then certainly LinkedIn, like that tool is there for a reason. 
And you don't have to have the upgraded feature to find possibilities there. I think that there, there's really a lot there. You just have to be diligent about kind of combing through it. It's a little tedious at times, but if you go, and I also think that AngelList and is really, really good. And it's a, more of a localized job search and the built by group too. I know I just said four, but okay. you know, I, like, don't count out like unique pieces of technology to help yourself either like gain more knowledge or find connections or find job opportunities because it's out there. And certainly um, Facebook and LinkedIn, honestly, I've a lot of opportunities have happened for me because of those two things. Awesome. Thank you, Casey. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free. Thank you.